Hey, Coop. Yeah, Dylan? Dude, you remember Macross Frontier? Slowly going through the process of remembering Macross Frontier. <laughs> same here, same here. <laughs> um, I don't know what it says that, like, there are plot lines and character details in these episodes that we watched that I just completely blanked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, and stuff I hadn't noticed before. Oh, hi, I'm Coop. I'm Dylan. Hello. Um... And we we talking about more more of the uh, Mac. I thought I had a dumb thought the other day. It's like Mac Bob Ross. So where's the robot that draws the happy trees? But Coop, some of these bits of yours get like way too elaborate for anyone to relate to. You, you... Well, let's be honest. That's like half of my bits. So <laughs> of course. Um. But yeah. Um. It was a long week. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, uh, it was a surprisingly short week for me, but Thursday and Friday were just abysmal. Same. It's just, when you don't have stuff to do, and then you randomly get stuff to do, and workplace nonsense, but... Yeah. uh, At least least I got these uh, blue light glasses that uh really do not fit my head at all it's Mm. it's kind of ridiculous um but i got them for cheap and my eyes don't hurt as much so that's good because Mm -hmm. boy cross-referencing credits is a lot but you'll 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 see that eventually um Mm -hmm. but yeah that was just kind of my week uh the only other thing i could think of hey that uh live alive remake i fucked it up live alive looks really good and that's, that's... yeah um i'm quite because i've been having some conversations with people who are a little mixed on the hd 2d look and mm-hmm. i agree with them but i i do think that live alive is the most attractive uh hd 2d game that square is currently putting putting out mm-hmm. uh even more so than dragon quest 3 which is a game i have a lot more emotional attachment to um so i'll, I'll definitely check it out um i really miss the uh ps1 era of 2d sprites in 3d environments oh yeah uh, for rpgs uh look up some of the <laughs> cracked ass uh battle animations in saga frontier um i'll know we've made it when we get a game with (laughs) like the only way i can describe the animations in saga frontier are uh you like is a kid like mashing their action figures together it is wonderful um (laughs) and i i just want another game to do that (laughs) gotcha i I might have to take a look at that because i I like that i I like the idea of how that looks i might i know it's not uh 2d on 3d kind of the other way around with chrono cross but i'm like that looks good too i'm mm-hmm. 
Boy, old heads uh, ate good this week. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Specifically old RPG heads. I don't know mm. if anyone else really got that much love. No. But who cares? Fuck you. I got mine. (laughs) (laughs) And we got Salmon Run. We got Salmon Run and Kirby. And Klonoa, dude. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) That's right. I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was a surprise. Also, here's a gift from Saga Frontier. Oh, that's shit hot. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's very good. good. It's like if Xenogears was on crack. Ooh. Um, I can't... I can't quite recommend saga frontier as a game to play just because it's a very weird esoteric game that you're either gonna love or hate but like those animations are pretty fucking sick sick um speaking of animations i uh before we properly hop into it um uh we watched a little bit of vampire hunter d bloodlust at least i did because you finished it Mm -hmm. i had to skadoodle damn that movie still looks great (laughs) that movie is hot (laughs) yeah uh yeah i uh i you know every every now and then like i will go back to an anime or uh even like a book or a comic and be like oh yeah this was fucking foundational in like who i am as a person um and i even though i didn't watch bloodlust until like much later uh the books and the original ova definitely had a lasting impact on me and my tastes um so that was fun to revisit uh bloodlust i think is the apex of the that franchise uh not to not to mention like yoshiaki kawajiri on there just like boy that animation is just so good it's Dude, it's, it's nothing crisp. but flexes nothing but flexes on that movie yeah like flexes and it actually has a pretty steady clip to the plot it's mm-hmm. uh, i think of watching um venus wars uh, a little while back and it's like wow it's like if yaz made a made a great animated movie with decent pacing how about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'd be lying if i said that thought didn't cross my head a couple times <laughs> um but uh speaking of good things actually macross but not quite frontier before we uh get into these episodes proper uh we both watched uh the basara explosion concert 2022 when it was Mm -hmm. on bod fuck that was a good concert (laughs) that was very good ton of fun um just happy that something like that could be done especially mm. in 2022 with everything else that's going on yeah because uh, the front the frontier concert was really good but this just felt like there's just so much love and passion going on during this concert that absolutely that i was like oh thank goodness they can stream these worldwide now just because you can it just really it just really took me aback um how much love you could see uh from yoshiki fukuyama who does a singing voice for basara and also the actor uh kanasan um just because like their their whole impression they gave me was like you know if i was remembered just for macross 7 i would be cool with that because it it, it changed our lives so much and i'm like I I I just like those vibes, and it was it was it was it was a really good show. It it hit all the songs I wanted to hear, and it was just like, boy, it was good. I had nothing to add because yeah, you you nailed it in one on 
especially like you know hearing all of my favorites from uh matt cross and even uh even the cover of do you remember love oh that was that that hit me that hit me um very great i hope they do release the footage in like a blu-ray or something or like an online upload because people should check that out Mm -hmm. especially if you are in any capacity a fan of fire bomber or macross 7 i will buy that blu-ray most likely if they do it it will Mm. happen um (laughs) but uh speaking of concerts let's hop in where we left off on macross frontier so here uh so where we left off the macross quarter is heading off um to go find a galaxy ship that had popped up um that a couple other ships noticed that's covered with vajra and uh, while they're doing that cheryl's kicking off her farewell concert so um the quarter goes ahead and folds on in and uh, on the bridge, you know, Kathy's like, you know, saving and rescuing people is the main goal. But the government wants us to get information on the Vajra. That should be key. Um, and the captain's like, oh, okay. Um, and we go to the concert and Cheryl's like, hey, let's start making the mad culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. And I, oh my god, dude. Uh, I have nothing to add. It's just that is such a statement to say. It's, it's, it's divine. Um, and Renka is finding her seats as she, uh, Cheryl's talking to the crowd. She's like, hey, thank you for having me here um, and having everybody. Um, and also, hey, listen to my song. Uh, I got she that said reference. it. She said the thing. She said the thing. Um, <laughs> and elsewhere, uh, back in the fight, uh, Alto and the boys are taking off. They're grabbing information on the Vajra, and Ozma's like, hey, Alto, you stay in the back. And Alto's like, well, I want into this. So Ozma tells him, so you better stay close enough to me to smell my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very... <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like there are just some like cultural things where it's like yeah to show this guy is like a total dude we're gonna make him say really uncouth things and like because kuavara in the japanese dub of yu yu Hakusho is the same way <laughs> and like it is to such a degree that i'm like whoa bro that's a lot of <laughs> I, I i don't even know how to label it but just like what an incredible thing to say yeah uh, and Ozma's full of the incredible things because he tells the the group to go into a formation. And we learn that he's named all his uh, formations after Firebomber songs. Of course. <laughs> Honestly, I do love that. I can't uh, even be mad at that. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, he tells them to jump on the planet dance. Um, and we get some really good moments uh, during the opening of the fight. Just showing the characters and how they each individually uh, participate in the battle. So you got Luca with all his drawing, uh, all his drones, and Clan is giving Michael shit, um, and uh, they're shooting up bugs. And Alto is having trouble keeping up with Ozma because Ozma's great, and he's like, "How can I even like? He's got a ton of armor on his Valkyrie, and I'm still having difficulty keeping up. What's going on here?" Um, and uh, Ozma eventually like ups the stakes 
with a big Atano circus of missiles. Oh, and this was the moment my brain also went, okay, the CG's actually pretty okay now that I'm seeing it again. <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't bug me as much as it did before. Yeah, no, I, I do think, like, they do some cool things with the CG. And, mm. yeah, I, I feel like part of, like, watching this show is just kind of accepting that, like, we're past the era of uh, 2D animation from X. Like, I know this is, like, airing concurrently with, like, Code Geass and Gundam 00, but yeah. the, 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 the writing's on the wall. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, that's where Mecha is, aside from, like, one or two things that Sunrise, I mean, Bandai Pictures Films does now. That's... Oh my god, uh... I forgot! Everything's awful, Coop. <laughs> I know, it's, it's... Sunrise is such a good name, so whoever, like, made that decision, like, apparently I know it's just an umbrella term, but regardless, yeah. that name sucks. Dude, like, the fucking Bandai Namco logo is such a step down from both the Bandai and Namco logos. Yes, yes, I agree, it is, it I mean, is. And those aren't even really logos, they're just appealing type fonts that just mm -hmm. don't exist anymore. Uh-uh, but the Bandai logo is, like, iconic because uh -huh. when you see it like even if it's just a red square and a little bit of white and you go is that the bandai logo yeah it is um <laughs> like i think they were even uh one of those uh brands they were uh going to be consolidating is the motion brand uh because you've seen those ov in the ovas with that moai head in the in the mm -hmm. chilled out music they want to get rid of that too, which is, uh... you know, why do we, why are we here just to suffer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything sucks forever. Are you punished, Dylan? A man without country? We'll build diamonds from sunrises ashes. Yep. <laughs> I won't let you. Well, we go back into the heavens divide, um, and we see. <laughs> that uh... was nice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway and uh canarius uh has she has the big guns with her koenig monster and she's going ham um and everybody's like is that a fucking monster what the hell um it's great and alto i kind of love at this moment alto's kind of like a surrogate for us because he's mm -hmm. like distracted by all these larger than life characters really showing their personality mm -hmm. and their flying and how they fight it's a really excellent little touch. Uh, Cheryl is finishing up the first act of her show. Um, she's <laughs> pretty pretty sweaty, and she's like, I don't care. Throw off my shirt. Just sitting here taking a moment. Yeah, and, you know, as you do. <laughs> as you do. Um, and uh, Cheryl's like, so, it talks to Grace. Like, how's the concert going? But she means the concert, but Grace is like, well, the mission in that pilot and after a couple minutes, she's like, okay, what's going on with that mission? Um, and in the audience, uh, Ronka wonders why Alto's not there, because there's a seat for him right next to hers. And uh, she checks her phone, and she has a voice message from Ozma that he's he's gone on that mission. And uh, she's pretty deflated about it, but she's like, oh, I guess I know where Alto is now. Which I will say... Uh, Ozma, that's a really... Sh you should have just given her a real phone call or uh, something. Like, yeah. Jesus. Jesus, Ozma. You could be I dead. Believe, I can't believe the last thing I heard from my surrogate brother was a fucking text. <laughs> yeah. 
not even my voice or not not even his voice not even like a um i love you you know like <laughs> just like yeah yeah i gotta take care of something real quick like come on dude <laughs> yeah so after all that uh uh, in the backstage, Grace is teasing Cheryl about, you know, you're just really concerned about that pilot, aren't you? And she's like, well, the galaxy's actually at the top of my mind right now. Um, and she gets ready for to go back on stage, and she's like, well, if it's a pilot's job to fight, it's my job to sing. Good good Cheryl moments. Uh, 167. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Luca is uh, flying around. He's investigating a full fault, but then a Vajra ship just appears right through it and uh, wipes out one of the distressed ships with its main gun. And Luca tries to get close to see what this main gun is. He figures it might actually just be a fold reactor, but he gets too close and gets sucked in. And uh, Alta's like, Luca! Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's about to get cocky zockied. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but um, we go back to the stage, and Cheryl's about to start her last number, and she gets really unexpectedly emotional in front of everybody. She's so, like, I gotta take a moment. And then Ronka stands up. Her stomach strangely glows, and then she shouts to Cheryl, and. I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate this song to the people who are fighting. Um, and Ranka realizes, oh, she knows about the mission as well. And mm. then it goes to like some higher plane fold space where Cheryl's like, hey, Ranka, sing with me. Um, they have a new type flash, like straight up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> Cheryl Gnome's counterattack. Ronka could have been a mother to me. (laughs) I hate this. I hate everything about this. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, um, anyways, uh, (laughs) Cheryl is very confident that, um, her song can change their destiny, and we get very hype, um, because, uh, yes, the action really picks up here, um, Alto heads into the ship to get Luca, um, despite uh, all the warnings from Michael and Ozma. And Ozma tells Michael and Canaria to back up Alto, but a mysterious fighter enters the fray. Um, Alto gets in there, but he loses a wing. Um, Bobby and Co. on the deck uh, figure out that they're faster than this enemy ship, and they go over some more logistics. They're going to try something. Um, Kathy's worried about this plan, though, because Alto's still in there. Um, but, uh, the captain's like, I'm more concerned about losing this other distressed ship, um, and the galaxy ship. So let's go get in there and take care of this. And he's also like, remember about your orders from the president? You know, we have the tools to do it, so let's do it. So Alto is making his way through the ship and he finds a pile of already shot up Vajra. And the quarter begins announcing that they're about to enter close combat with this ship. And they order a ship transformation. And Kathy's like, hey, we should not do this. But the battle mode of the deck activates and she gets hooked up into it. And the captain tells Bobby, you know, we are on a small ship. But show them why we call this a Macross. (laughs) (laughs) And 
Bobby this is like the best moment of the whole section of episodes we've watched this week. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, <laughs> so Bobby punches it and takes over like all the controls of it because his his console comes out like almost like a Gurren Lagann uh, control console, and um, Alto ends up finding Luca and is surrounded by the Vajra as that pilot watches on and. Uh, after he he starts getting surrounded by the Vajra, but the earring on uh, Alto's canopy starts glowing, and he and this mysterious pilot can hear Aranka and Cheryl singing. Oh, and uh, hype, hype, hype! The song punches in even more. Alto gets hot blooded. He ditches his twenty five, grabs Luca, takes over his Valkyrie, um, and starts trying to shoot away all the um, vines that are holding them there. But the mysterious pilot shoots his gun pod as he's doing this. But the quarter flies on in, transforming as it does, and like gets. It tries to shoot it down with its main gun, doesn't even work. And the quarter just gets in there and like opens up the mouth of this warship. <laughs> and. Um, just goes to town. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. Um, <laughs> and uh, Alto. And Luca escape. I love that Bobby's like, hey, we're here for you, princess. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so they are able to get out of there. And then they back up just a little bit, bring out the Macross cannon, and shoot it in the damn mouth. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, and it explodes like a big zit popping. It's, it's, oh. it's not, not a Daedalus attack. Yeah. Oh. oh it's so good it's it's uh it, it this, this <laughs> moment was just so hype because uh, this is like one of those moments i'd like come back to the clip of over the last mm-hmm. couple years because just it's just, relive it just to feel something yeah because it's yeah <laughs> there's so much the action direction's so good here it's so exciting when the music kicks in um boy it is hype as fuck it's um, the blood pumping mm-hmm. like i that that might be worth putting on exercise work list uh playlist um <laughs> so a little while after kathy is like trying to scold bobby about this but she gets really nauseous from everything and has to run off and bobby laughs his ass off um ah <laughs> uh, but the the concert's over the day is saved um and Alto uh, uh, is told by Ozma, like, you're a jackass, but you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Alto, his mind goes directly to that mysterious fighter. And uh, we then see the pilot flying away, playing Imo on his harmonica. Uh, Imo being Ronka's song. This was a good episode. <laughs> yes, it was. This yes, was, it was the best episode of the three we will talk about this week. <laughs> I, 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 I um, think I can agree with you on that, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say because, like, you know, I, you just summarized a bunch of, like, really decent character moments, but, like, I feel like, um, yeah, I just, I, I like the relationship between Ronka and Cheryl. I think those two are the strongest characters in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, you know, the the... Uh, 
the the dog fight i guess is what i'll have to call it the the dog fight was like very fun thrilling uh really showcased all of the the, the mercs rather mm-hmm. um and yeah it was just it was just a really fun solid macross episode mm-hmm. I, I really don't have much else to add to it um because i i think it's just it's a punctuation for everything that was built up to now mm-hmm. um it just it just feels like a payoff episode and i love those we love those here mm-hmm. i agree with you on that because it it does you funny you mentioned the data delist attack because that's kind of a punctuation episode too um mm-hmm. and it's no just like you said like given the all the sms members some time to shine um progressing like the main triangle plot in a way uh it's and actually i was thinking about it like all the fight choreography is is just really solid um because like especially when we were watching zero and a couple other things here and there like when doing summaries sometimes the fights just gloss over me unless it's uh basara doing something crazy with a sound booster or whatever you know Mm. um Uh, i thought there were some good moments in um actually ironically enough uh I, I thought there were some good moments in Wings of Reen and uh, Macross Zero, even though uh, there's a lot <laughs> going on in those that mm. are a little less than stellar. Um. <laughs> and those, and, and two with those, with because you have a good point, because the issue with those two is sometimes they're throwing so much at you um, that it, it makes it easier for your eyes to gl- gloss over when you have those yeah. really good choreographed moments. I, I think I think another problem with those both of those movies is that sometimes the choreography is better than the um actual timing of the like animation like yeah I guess some that. of the stuff is like really good on the storyboard but it just they just like did not figure out how to translate that quite yet mm-hmm. um Macross Frontier I think like they've done a very consistently good job of uh being able to do the choreography um i i think the the honestly the only issue i have with macross frontier and this is an issue i have with a lot of mecha anime is um space is just not a very interesting background yeah <laughs> like i think in general like even in shows i like my my brain does kind of gloss over when there's not an mm-hmm. environment that they're fighting in so like if they're if they're near a ship or if they're fighting through a ship my brain tends to be tuned in a lot more than if they're just kind of flying in the vacuum of space because I don't really have a point of reference for where anything is going on in relation to anything else. You you have a good point because um, because I, I noticed maybe they're trying to compensate because I noticed a lot of these fights so far in Frontier have either been like in a city or in an asteroid field if they're in space or by a yeah. derelict ship because um, like... Uh, because I'm thinking about a lot of the memorable fights from SDF and Seven. Like I think they're aware of that too, because especially when we get like fights on the respective colonies or on planets, like when things, like that whole planet planet Lux arc in Seven, is super memorable because you have like some real geography you can base off of, like. Like the pissing contest with uh, Giggle and Basara on the volcanic volcanic island. Like you remember that stuff because there's like a specific location. Like before mm-hmm. that point, a lot of the stuff in Seven and partly like SDF, you do see a lot of 
either in the darkness of st- space or in Seven's case, very purple space. <laughs> right. I I think it's also a good reason why um a why I love Dynamite Seven so much. I mm-hmm. you know even though they're in space, like I they're in in space in relation to a giant space whale. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so like you know I'm not gonna forget that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh the the other thing I was going to say was I think it's also a, a decent reason why um. You know, something like Neon Genesis Evangelion still holds up so well today. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, that that is more or less a completely different genre. That is more, um, it's just shy of being super robot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very Ultraman in comparison. Um, and so, like, they also do a good job of giving every fight its own gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I think, like... I, I I don't want to get uh, too deep into, like, a general talk about, like, the entirety of mecha anime, because as, as I've told you before we started recording, I do have to be somewhere after we wrap <laughs> up. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out into the ether, as I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's funny you mentioned Matt Cross Zero, um, mm-hmm. because the next episode starts off with, we get a quick refresher of the protoculture of the Zentradi, and a couple shots of the Birdman being discovered, and all that art on Mayan. Huh? How about that? Huh? Huh? Hmm. Completely missed that. <laughs> yeah. Um. That might come back up. We'll we'll see. We'll um, see. So um, we see Ranka at her day job. Um, <laughs> she wonders how she is an essential worker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like wearing a. She's wearing a. Um, I I almost think of a uh, stage crew, uh, yeah. just all black outfit with like a little carrot on her head. Yeah, absolutely fucking adorable. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and I I relate to this because as a voice actor, it's like, where do you start? Start with commercial work. Mm-hmm. That, that is the most plentiful, and that is the most, like, you know, if you are doing acting, that is what's lucrative. That's what you zero into when you start. Um, and that's what Ronka's doing as a mm-hmm. singer. So I I, I felt that uh, viscerally. <laughs> I kind of got that, too, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, do, I do like, just speaking of animation, you see, I just, I, I love that, this is on Formo, by the way, that uh, farming model um that there's like the super like i love how they're playing with scale because you see these super large centrati children just like what is this lame shit (laughs) it's it's good Um, they're just kind of they're just kind of staring for like three minutes before deciding this is kind of cringe bro (laughs) (laughs) that's good uh we do see a green cat baby that comes up you might see it a bit. It might be one more of this episode, huh? Yeah, um, it looks like Final Fantasy Carbuncle. A little bit, now that you mention <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think uh, it will unlock DLC in the full game? That was just for you. I forgot about that. Um, I forgot about that. Anyway, yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, we get a little flashback to Alta, um, Ranka talking to Alto, uh, about how everybody's doing after the mission 
Uh, but she's kind of ashamed to tell uh, him that this is her day job. She's a carrot. Um, but the Anka singer, who's uh, we saw earlier on, who just is out there every day singing in the mall, just shows up. It's like, hey, I actually like that. And, you know, you're just laying the groundwork here. Um, and anyways, you got that TV gig coming up, right? Um, which I, I really like how they brought him back. Uh just because i uh, just because yeah. he's uh like a it just it, it adds some continuity to the uh that's a little bit of continuity to ronka's story that mm. i feel like if, if it was just another guy um you know it wouldn't quite hit the same mm-hmm. uh i just no. um so elmo comes up he's super excited that she apparently passed some tests well Alto is not thrilled that she passed this test because now she's transferred to the performing arts track at his school and uh, she's introduced at school and he's like, why are you here? And um, I, I don't get why he's so surly about this. Like, yeah. I okay, I understand like Alto's like character archetype is surly and grumpy, but I <laughs> don't actually know if there's an in-universe, in-character reason for why he would be... Um, made uncomfortable by this you know yeah dude it's just a tsundere so you know <laughs> but it's like uh, you can't just say like you know on a character sheet you can't just write tsundere you have, you have to actually point. you have to break down you why they're a tsundere point. and like what about this relationship makes him a tsundere and i feel like sorry i, I feel, i'm gonna be complaining a lot for these next two episodes i generally like these episodes but i'm gonna be complaining a lot um and i just i feel like we're uh this show gets caught in this trap of this is the character archetype so this is how they act and then like you have to be like okay but but why are they this character archetype because i because after that episode and watching this one especially like anime is back macross showed up for a little bit and then anime came back and said (laughs) hey just sit there in a corner let let me be anime (laughs) And we were doing so well is the thing, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we had we had some hiccups and missteps here and there, but, like, we were doing really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, no, so I, I just, I kind of want to break into this a little bit, because it's like, I don't, like, Alto thus far has kind of shown that, like, you know, Ronka might be, you know, i guess cringe i don't know like in a little mm-hmm. sister kind of way like you know like i i don't even know i i don't know what form of disdain alto really has like you know sometimes he's shown to be like kind of indifferent to something that Ronka's interested in but like yeah. beyond that like he's never shown her like open or active disdain so i don't understand why he's like oh god why is she here yeah. outside of outside of like the character archetype is guy doesn't like woman and when woman is around he's like oh woman yeah yeah it, it just like it feels very much like like you were saying like they're they're like um, producer joe came in and be like so these are the archetypes that make money you got to make them act like this for an episode or two or three um, i don't even know if this is a case of a producer though because it's like when you consider the fact that like many people in the anime industry have talked about how the anime industry is being produced by otaku now that's Um, true and it's like 
yeah i i feel like there there are some cases and this is true of like any form of creative work um you get so caught up in like the archetypes and like what fandom had like you know the tv tropes you get so caught up in the TV tropes that you can only think of writing in terms of those tropes. I get you. And not, and not interrogate, like, how these tropes were formed around, like, distinct personalities and how they interact with other personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that's been... That drives me nuts with these two episodes that we're about to talk yeah. about. So anyway, that's... uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. We can continue now. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I get you. Um, so as Ranka is introducing herself to everybody, it does, she says she's on the performance arts tracks, which reminds me of college when you meet somebody new and they'd be like, Hey, what's your major? Yeah. (sighs) Um, boy, that by my last year of college, that got old real fast. Um, Oh, I believe it. But, um, so we learned that, uh, Cheryl and Grace are taking a trip to the school and Grace is talking about how uh, we see a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different parts of the classes, like voice actors, mechanics, how it's prestigious, technical, and performing arts school. Um, and outside the school, Ranka is talking with the gang. She's like, "I transferred here because they gave me some more uh, freedom in my career." And Nana, Nana, she's so happy to be there with her girlfriend. I mean, friend, uh, every day. <laughs> as uh, luca watches on that the scene is very gay there's no way yeah i was about to say that. like it's <laughs> there's no straight explanation for this scene no. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. just uh yeah <laughs> yep and uh alto is all over this whole commotion with everything and michael shows up and he's trying to smush smoo- smush i knew i would do this i tried to like schmooze with ranka um <laughs> And like, y'all, girl, you're the life of the party. And then Cheryl just shows up like a fucking mad woman. Like, absolute gremlin. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh. And I'll just like, why the fuck are you here? And she just gives them all a shit-eating grin. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's absolutely no justification for this scene. I, I enjoy it in a vacuum, but at the same time, it, it again, it draws back into like, alright, she's being an Ojo-sama right now. Yep why yep (laughs) (laughs) yep (sighs) um so we go back to the plot for a hot second and there's uh there's a plot there's allegedly um okay uh leon is telling kathy in a debriefing that they have no no idea still where the galaxy fleet is um the survivors are in quarantine for the time being they're worried about something called a type v infection um and Kathy mentions the uh, mystery pilot, um, who is not Dave Grohl, even though uh, he is described as a foo fighter. I know that's I know that's an actual term. I'm just being a silly bitch. Um, <laughs> as um, uh, as Leon then asks her about dinner, Osmo walks into the office uh, with his uh, late report, and they get pit- petty as fuck. Yeah, um, I hate the chemistry between these two because it's yeah. just oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though I think so, it is kind of funny the animators took a moment to like animate her checking her skin after he made like a shitty remark about her getting wrinkly. Yeah, I, I, I have a general problem with, uh, and I, I feel like anime's gotten better about this, or maybe I just watch less anime mm-hmm. mod that is modern, but like, 
the haha you are over the age of 25 you're getting old is getting really old and maybe yeah. that's because i'm turning 28 this year but um it's just i i don't even think it's that necessarily i think it's the fact that like i feel like there's this thing with anime that is particularly shown in audience based yeah. where it's just kind of like ha your life ends after you turn 20 <laughs> and i remember that the original show doing that with misa too especially when we had the the christmas cake conversation about that depressing yeah but misa oh. gets a happy ending this is true you have a and good point misa a that's a b misa's also not constantly badgered for being old and you know part of that is because at the start of the show she's only 19 what the fuck oh yeah uh, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh she's she's older woman coded i guess <laughs> um yeah <laughs> anime's yeah. dumb I, anime. even anime i like is dumb yep. hey do you know you don't know mr wong from gundam look up mr wong real quick okay uh mr wong oh. zeta gundam he's oh, I 25 know <laughs> i know what you're talking about now because you mentioned him uh <laughs> He looks, he's 25, he looks like he's, like, 35. Yeah, at least. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, uh, so that's that's what we're dealing with. So, yeah, for the anime shits and giggles, that's why, uh, that's why Cheryl is visiting the school. Um, so, and, yeah. uh, Cheryl, who's, like, what, 17, but feels like she's an actual 25-year-old? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Like, let me just Google <laughs> Cheryl Gnome. I want to know her age during the show. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, it is not saying on this wiki page. Um, yeah, she's probably, like, in her late late teens, but feels like mm -hmm. she's in her mid to late 20s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, she's apparently here for the shits and giggles. And she realizes that Ranka just transferred to the school. And she's like, hey, slave, take me around, referring to Alto. And then we get this shot of Luca's imagination uh, where uh, Cheryl's in Dominatrix gear with a whip strangling Alto. <laughs> I don't think I've seen an anime that has like a more blatant like Shota bait than luca yeah. and i don't know how to feel because he's like you know he's wearing the boy shorts he's got like the little blush in his cheeks he's got the round eyes uh and it's just like what what are we doing <laughs> yes again i i apologize because i feel like we need to get through these episodes but like just like oh god the anime i'm drowning in it yep mm -hmm. that mid-aughts vintage of uh, anime um boy so, yeah, that happens. Uh, Alto is not crazy about it. Um, but simps show up because they love Cheryl and they love Alto. And uh, uh, Cheryl hears something about Alto Hime uh, through this. And uh, they uh, go off into a corner. And uh, he's not having it with a slave talk. But she's like, well, you did lose my earring, bruh. Um, and... Uh, from off in the corner, Nana and Co are wondering about their relationship, and Nana has uh, like just jiggling because just because anime. Um, yep. 
And Michael asks Ronka, is like, are you worried about this whole relationship? Uh, well, it's not clear. And then we see the rustling of, of the carbuncle again. Um, and uh, Alto tells Charlie, sorry about the earring. Um, and he's like, why are you not more concerned about the galaxy right now? And she's like, I got faith in them. I'm not worried about it. And she's like, okay, I'll start. I'll stop calling you slave, but I'm going to call you Hime-sama instead. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, got him. <laughs> yep. And uh, she sees a guy then flying around with the EX gear, the jet pack, and wants to check it out. So she gets all geared up. Um, and their whole test, when they start learning how to, uh, the club starts learning how to use these, they got to pick up an egg without breaking it. Um so she tries doing it and Michael's like, well, if you do it, you got a personal flight with me if you get it. And she's like, I'm not into you flirty dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, boy, and she's having trouble with the egg, but she will not give up. And the animators had too much fun animating her face, trying to get this egg. Um, I, yeah. Um, some really boy. some really good content here uh mm-hmm. if if you like uh ojo samas yes. uh but uh yeah no it's a. Uh, there's something about the faces in this episode that feel really off model but like every now and then there's a, a decent shot of like cheryl in a state of extreme pettiness or really any of the characters in the state of extreme pettiness mm-hmm. and it, it kind of salvages the whole thing Though, um, I think, like, the moments with Cheryl's face, and we'll see more of that throughout this episode, mm-hmm. um, even though this episode is very mid-aughts anime, and has, Oh, I'm, I'm has gonna talk issues, about this. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I know, I know where you're going with this, and I, I am gonna talk about it when we get there. Okay. Um, but yeah. Because, boy, let me tell you about the animators and how the fun they had, but I'll get more into that in a little bit. So we do see the title card, which I thought it's a really silly Vajra getting attacked title card, which I thought was silly. Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, wouldn't be an anime without a shower scene. Um, of course so not. So Ranka and Cheryl talk. She, she tapped the egg and the egg had to explode and they have to take a shower, Coop. Yep, what's totally, you know, it's just what's so anime about that? <sighs> that didn't happen at your high school. <laughs> no, not totally. It's like, ugh. I went to a very anime high school. Wait, ask Chris. He'll 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 fill you in. Um, yeah. Was Chris the one who sat by the window? (laughs) 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 Um, boy. So, um, Cheryl asks Ranka how her work's going. She's like, "Hey, I can get you in on a show if you'd like." Um, and Nana cuts in. Being like, well, you're selling Ronka short, and uh, it's like, why'd you barge in here, and why are you walking all over Alto? And then Cheryl de- uh, deals a direct blow to Nana, being like, you like Alto, don't you? And also, nice tits, bro. <laughs> Anime. Yep. Like, you know, on the one hand, I I do kind of, I will say, I think Cheryl's complete lack of shame ties into the fact that like she's in the industry she knows what the industry looks yeah. for mm-hmm. and she kind of brings that into her personal interactions in the way that i do find fun mm-hmm. um but also anime <laughs> also anime yeah uh-huh um so uh 
boy. Uh, Luca is then paid up for laughs because he's sad about his suit getting all egged up and uh, messed up. Um, and they're, uh, he's with the guys in like their hangar area and Alto's like, I really don't care what Cheryl's up to right now, but Michael's like, you know, she's famous, right? Um, and we cut to a shot with a bunch of simps right outside the doors to the bathroom with banners and flowers and gifts. Oh boy. It's a very Kima Gray um, orange road, uh, type a little of moment. Bit, like just a like. Little bit boy um i i do love this moment where uh cheryl's starting to do her laundry to clean up her dress and she throws the whole box of detergent it's the best part of the episode dude (laughs) (laughs) she just she just kind of looks at the instructions gets bored like immediately and chucks the entire box cardboard and all in it's so good like I okay, so I really might need to change my Twitter uh, name to Cheryl Gnome Apologist because I realize I'm apologizing a lot for her. Yeah, <laughs> but absolute queen, love her. If you oh. anything like her, hit me up. My DMs are open. <laughs> you you weren't joking when you said gotta give me a freak like that. <laughs> Alto and Michael are talking because uh, uh, Alto's like, I'm just an easy target for Cheryl. That's why she messes with me. And Mike's like, you one dense motherfucker. Um, and for real, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and although uh, not going to lie, I feel like most most of the guys I knew back in high school were like that level of oblivious, including especially myself. I get that. So, I yeah. feel that pain. I feel that pain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, high school. Um, boy. So, um, Ronka talks to Cheryl's like, hey, I actually, thanks for the offer, but no thanks. And um, Cheryl's like, you know what? I'm proud of you for doing your own thing. You awesome. Oh, and uh, the carbuncle shows up and runs off with Cheryl's panties. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you remember that episode of Code Geass where the, the uh, Mao the cat, no, what's the name of the cat? I don't remember. Arthur. Um, Arthur runs off with Zero's mask. I think so, now that you mentioned that was a, it. That was a funny episode. What if we did that except it was some girl's panties? Oh, boy. So, um, all the boys in front of the door see the little dude with the panties and start going off like, these are unlaundered. They're freshly worn. We oh must have god. them. Why oh are you like this? Oh my god. I, I wonder why I'm like this too. Um so I wasn't at okay. Uh, yep. Um <laughs> moving on. Yep, yep. I, oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you <laughs> uh, anyway. Um so the carbuncle runs off uh with the panties and all the guys start chasing after uh, him and start fighting over them and Ranga's like I could help and Bashir's like go to work I got this and the whole scroll's looking for the panties um um 
and uh, Michael uh, sees the little dude and thinks he's freaking out and seeing things like he's just really tired, which I am too. So, you know, I get that feel. Um, but Cheryl ends up grabbing the EX gear again uh, to go after the panties. And uh, we learn she doesn't know how to stop and she hasn't properly locked herself into it. So that's good. Um, nothing and, can go wrong. No, nothing at all. Um and Ronka's hyping herself up as she's running to work, but she gets a call from Elmo being like, yeah, they're doing a Cheryl special instead, but the producer really likes you, so you'll definitely get in eventually. Um, and she gets more overwhelmed when all the Cheryl nomads come up. Um, like, just realizes how out of her depth she is. Yeah. Woof. Um, and Leon starts looking over um, the battle footage of what happened. And sees the mysterious pilot and it's like, oh, uh, talks to his contact guys like, this was deleted? Good. Also, keep following Ranka. Oh, oh, oh boy. Um, so Cheryl starts crashing into walls, which is great. I kind of love this. Mm -hmm. And the guys are watching on and she's destroying the school and Alta's like, screw this, I'm going after her. Um, and, uh, the little guy is on the school statue of the VF1. Um, and I also realized the school looks like a Macross, because, of course. Um, oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> I did not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, that's kind of cute. It also makes me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Grace is watching the live stream of all this, by the way. Um and Cheryl uh, runs to the roof. To um, but but before this, I did not mention this. Um, right before she heads to the roof, um, she finds some guy in the hallway as she's crashing around and does the most intense senpai lean ever on this poor guy. Uh, just be like, where did he go with my panties? And she just flies. Oh, it's it's funny. It's funny. It's I very like good. It. Yeah. Um. So she heads out uh, and gets on the roof, um, and she runs off the roof to grab, um, the the panties, and she gets them. Like there's this dramatic catch of them. She grabs them in midair, but she loses the ex gear, and she starts falling, but Alto catches her and they fly away, um, and. Uh, Michael's like, man, the queen and the princess sure know how to worry us. <laughs> um, while Luca is sad about his robot that's now in a crater. Um, and, oh God, what was his name? Like, what uh, did Luca name the robot? It was like, something. Yeah, it was something. Something he it should was, be thrown in very... the locker for. Um, So uh yeah his his robot flight suit thing is totaled um and he, uh they're they're flying right yeah yes. basically yeah they're flying now and he's like dude this whole episode was silly um <laughs> this whole episode was fucking stupid yep um but they fly around a bit and she's like I'll forgive you if we fly a bit around for a bit 
uh and she's like and he's like really and she's like yeah i'm cheryl gnome what are you talking about <laughs> okay um and we see Ranka. she's back at the park um and she finds the little guy and he comes up to her and uh, she starts singing imo to him and uh we see shots of the royalty that being the princess and the queen flying around in the sunset and uh the mysterious pilot joins in with ronka on harmonica he's out in the shadows um and cheryl mentions that this whole situation of them flying is kind of like how they first met and he's like i want to land and she's like you're going to be flying i'm not even done being up here um and the episode boy the episode ends when Cheryl transfers into the school as under the pilot major. And everybody's like, what? And she's like, nice to meet ya. And that was that, was that episode. Uh, so I've been bagging on this episode a lot. But if you couldn't tell, I do think this episode was really fun. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, to, to kind of bring it back down and... Um, you know, kind of defend, uh, not even defend, just praise some of uh, the elements of this episode. I uh, I think giving Cheryl an episode where she's just kind of goofy and is both the uh, source and uh, subject of slapstick does a lot to humanize her, honestly. Because mm-hmm. um, in past episodes, even when she's portrayed in a really sympathetic light, uh, she is kind of, you know, aloof. Um, yeah. And in a way that feels kind of distant. And I, I feel like this is kind of, I don't know, like they, they do kind of double down on her, like more negative aspect from the first couple episodes. And it feels like it kind of feels like a case of, we had this episode planned, but we rewrote earlier episodes, but we're going to roll with this episode anyway. I, see. I, I is the only way I can really describe it. But honestly, like I had fun. And if you couldn't tell, like, I've just recently added myself as a Cheryl Gnome simp, so... Well, um, <laughs> who isn't, really? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, if, if you're not uh, a Cheryl Gnome simp, I don't want to talk... No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, CJ, uh, the, the friend who originally showed me this, uh, is Team Ronka. So, <laughs> you know, like... He's, we he's can, wrong, we, but okay. He's wrong, but, like, we can coexist. It's fine. Okay, okay. Um, no, I, I I know enough about C- who CJ is like as a person in like his relationships that like I can understand it, um, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think it it was kind of fun to just kind of like as um, I don't even want to say play that, but just like as uh, cringe as the <laughs> she lost her panties uh um bit is like I think the way. Cheryl reacts to it and uh you know the her go-getter attitude her mm-hmm. like I spent like five minutes in one of these pilot suits I'm now I'm gonna use it to retrieve <laughs> my panties you know um I think there's a lot of fun stuff in there mm-hmm. but I want to point out that even as much of a Cheryl gnome simp as I am the highlight of this episode for me was actually all the stuff pertaining to Ronka I think this was a very strong I almost want to say it felt more like a Ronka-centered episode. Like I can see that. Obviously, like, Cheryl's the A-plot for this, but, like, most of the emotional, like, investment for me was, like, was these little moments with Ronka at the, um, 
you know, at the market, uh, like getting the call from her manager, um, seeing all the posters and billboards and screen ads for Cheryl, like mm -hmm. all of that was really good stuff. And I think Ronka was definitely the highlight for me for this episode. I, I think the highlight for me, and I was getting to it a little bit, was the animation. Mm. Like this, this feels more because you we talked. You mentioned that maybe there was a case of oh, this is written already. This feels like an episode in some ways that it has its strong bits, but um, maybe some people on the staff looked at the script and were like, eh, "But let's have a fun time animating yeah, this nonsense." Let's... Let's try to make the best out of this. Yeah, because, yeah. like, there is so much character in mm -hmm. all the expressions, especially, like, who the team of animators who were, like, uh, like put on Cheryl specific cuts, you can tell had a lot of fun because yeah. she she gets, like, like, like we we're talking about the detergent or her coming up in the car or even the end of the episode where she's like, hey, I'm at school now. Like... There's so much love and personality in all of those shots that uh, that's what really comes to my mind in that episode more than anything. It's just like the animators are like, yeah, we have this. Let's just have a bunch of fun animating this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what I took away from that episode. So it, it did it did a couple times because I, I'm like I said, I'm doing like a lot of cross referencing. Uh, it did remind me a little bit of like how out there and crazy project echo gets on on occasion um yeah i could see that i could definitely see that and that was a movie made by animators who just wanted to go nutty and didn't really care so mm -hmm. um again i i really enjoyed the animation in, the, in this episode mm -hmm. so are we are we ready to wrap up this trio for this week yeah i think we can move on um yeah just uh closing thoughts uh for me just to sum it up in a sentence um really dumb episode but like god if i didn't have fun and also like again i i do think there's strong character work what are we doing with alto i guess yeah. is like the, the the big thing it's like i feel like cheryl and ronka are such strong characters um but i i feel like this is a first for me where like because you know in the original macross hikaru has like moments of being really bratty or like just really abrasive in a way that i'm like get the fuck over yourself dude but, like, I, there are moments where I just stop getting Alto, you know? <laughs> I get you. Where it's, it's not even a case of get over yourself. It's a, it's a case of me going, wait, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of his, uh, like, especially in this episode, he just feels, like, disconnected from things on occasion. Yeah, like, he's... he's just here to fill up space. Or, you know, he is the main character. He's contractually obligated to be here. And, but the weird thing about it is, like, it comes and goes in waves. Because we do get some, like, solid alto stuff in this next episode. But Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was only really talking about the, the last episode. Gotcha. Although, here, yeah, it is a little bit here. But I also get it. Just because of, like, his relationship with... I'm gonna say Michelle because from the look of things, like Michael uh, is French, mm. uh, so I, I I think they want us to say Michelle, or however you would pronounce it in French, because it's uh, Michelle Blanc. Mm. I'm gonna mm. 
look up the French pronunciation of Michael, but we can we can start with the summary. Alrighty. So, um, but just to finish off that thought, it's just uh, like it, it kind of goes into what we were saying, how the characterization is kind of inconsistent through what we've watched so far. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to butt in real quick and say, uh, according to Google Translate, it's pronounced Mikhail. Uh, so, yeah, no, all the <laughs> I, I fuck if I know what's going on. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, like like we were saying, it kind of that stuff with Alto kind of is like emblematic of like what we've seen so far where the character writing is pretty inconsistent um yeah and it's it feels like a reverse um it it, it feels like a reverse uh <laughs> macross 7 problem where like i feel like macross 7 is like a very unfocused show but like they consistently nail the characters <laughs> um and i feel like macross frontier has like feels a lot i'm not gonna say more focused but i guess there's more of a plot driving everything but like it, it almost feel the characters feel kind of inconsistent in service of getting to that next plot line. Gotcha. Because we're um, already like, even though we're moving forward, we're already uh, basically a third through the show, and it still feels like super early. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's like I know things pick up, but still, it's like uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes, but. Anyway, so episode nine, we 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 come up in the in the middle of action. Michael's trying to line up a shot, um, but Alto's in a fight with the pilot, and Alto's like, "Take the shot." So after the opening, um, the Cheryl's documentary team, like, there's a whole like photo team and videography team covering her school time and uh, hanging out with the flight club. And Alto's like, why, why, why is this cutting into our practice time? Like, we need to be doing stuff. Um, and Michael perks up when Grace comes by, and he's like, "Hey, baby, we'd do anything for a beautiful woman like you." Um, and and Grace is like, "Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry about your sister." Um, and this takes him aback, and this cuts to a mission. Um, and uh, Alto is trying to give Michael guff about the whole thing as they're working, but Michael's mm-hmm. just disconnected from the conversation. And um, Alto starts pu- pushing on the sister buttons, and he's like, "Shut up, um, Alto." And uh, Vajra. This is the most. I I, I don't typically use this um, piece of criticism because I I don't always believe in it but like this is emblematic of just talk you know yeah absolutely i could see that uh, yeah. but, they're, but they're high school boys so of course they're not there yet <laughs> so uh the the argument starts heating up uh but avadra is attacking and um uh, michael fires back at alta with well you're just a princess who ran away from home from your daddy to go play war and uh they get a, a distress call and they go into a specific conflict and alto thinks to himself who would play fight war um and michael goes into a sniping position it's like hey pin that vajra down and alto's like no i can take uh refuses the help but michael's like really i can take down anything in one shot whether it be vajra or ladies <laughs> oh boy um yeah 
It just, it, boy, it feels inconsistent. I'm the, the womanizer moment. character. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like, re- like I'm having a character moment, but remember my, uh, my archetype. Don't forget my fun character quirk. <laughs> yeah. Boy, um, um, boy. So while he's doing his legally required character quirk, he remembers what Grace said about his sister, and he's frozen, um, for a second before he hears people yelling him take a shot and he accidentally grazes the side of uh, Alto's head the Valkyrie that is and at a later cabinet meeting Leon mentions to the president they're close to a Vatra nest but the fleet is starting to run out of water and supplies as a result of uh, fighting and oh boy um, Leon tries to uh, pass off the buck saying well the Vajra caused all this poverty and I'm like I I hear this excuse enough in real life. Shut the fuck up, Leon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, Grace is watching in on the meeting from a camera. She she hacked into somebody's webcam. Um, and in the rec room of the quarter, Clan is telling her girls, who are a little shaken up, uh, about all the fighting they're doing. It's like, hey, at least we're not like killing our own people Like at the end of... Super Dimension Fortress Macross or anything like that. Um, you know, we're not fighting Centrati or anything like that. And uh, Alto and Michael come into the room and they're fighting over the whole thing. He's like, hey, you almost hit me with friendly fu- fire. Like, come on. Um, and Michael won't respond. And Luca needs to shut the fuck up because he just said, well, he, everybody makes mistakes. And Alto's like, he shot me with a gun. He could have killed me. Like, right. <laughs> It's like uh, Luca, little boy. Alto, Alto's kind of in the right here. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and I don't say that often. <laughs> and Alto then goes on. It's like, okay, you did this after you brag all the time about having your great sniping skills from your sister. Um, and uh, he like then salts to his sister. The fists start coming up, coming out, and uh, Michael just beats the shit out of Alto, pins him to the ground, and just starts punching till he can't punch no more. Just um, goes fucking in. Yeah. Um, and again, he, I like, I think he's kind of right too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, was there a better way to de-escalate that situation? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, do I do I fault Michael for just snapping? Absolutely not. Yeah, because kind of kind of mentioned there. We learned a little bit more about Michael's sister, so you can see why he did that. Um, yeah, and uh, Clan's thinking about the whole situation as she gets macronized, and mm-hmm. um, at school, uh, Nana and Ranker are leaving, and uh, Nana's like, "Oh, the boys are at work today. They're so busy." Um, and they're walking by, and Ranker remembers the pilot when she hears um, some dude with a harmonica uh, and guitar who, uh, my brain just went, just to make it easy, oh, that's just Bob Dylan, like, whatever, <laughs> um, playing outside the school. And, and I was like, are you going to come to um, come to work tonight at the, at the restaurant? And she's like, oh, I got a strategy meeting. I'm an idol. Um, so... We're in the sick bay, and Canaria is patching up Alto, and he starts venting about Michael for what he does and his womanizing and all that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "You know, everybody has their reasons for being here and what they do. Remember, you do too. 
um, which I think is a good nugget in all this stuff. Um, and Michael is uh, practicing his shooting and remembers his sister's passing. We learned that they were um, him and his sister were orphans, and they only had each other, so she basically raised him. Uh, but uh, Clan pops in to check him. It's like, hey, are you okay with your sister? Uh, but he keeps on deflecting about everything before going into uh, flirty bullshit. And he's like, oh, are you going to sleep with me tonight? Well, I'd get arrested if you did it while micronized. And she's like, what the fuck did you just say? And slaps the shit out of him and runs off. It's like, yo, dog, I'm trying to have like a legitimate heart-to-heart conversation because I see there's a lot on your mind. Why are you deflecting me with this dumb bullshit? Yeah. Um, and an like, <laughs> on, the, on the one hand, I get not wanting to like open up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, the fact that like his way of not opening up is sticking to the character archetype is again something that drives me crazy yeah like Mm -hmm. if 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 it built up to that like if if like you know it started with him being defensive and evasive and like the final straw was him like using the flirtation as a way to deflect um and i i guess that's just like these are my own writing tastes this is what i look for uh Mm -hmm. in a scene as an actor uh be in the monologue or like you know just something i enjoy watching um the fact that like he just kind of opens up with like i'm a womanizer really kind of robs the scene of any pathos for me it, it just mm-hmm. it feels very cheap I agree um, with you. yeah mm-hmm. so i just I, I i have to make that known because it's like I think Macross Frontier has, like, a lot of really solid ideas for these characters and, like, very solid moments that they plan out. But there's just something about the execution that I feel is constantly getting in the way of what they are trying to do. And now that you mention it, um, Mm. because... Like, even... Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish, and then I was going to point out another moment that where this hit me in a way that felt odd. Because now that you mention it, it reminds me of our critique of Macross Zero um because mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same team like some different stuff here and there um mm-hmm. same animation company because like we said um there like zero has a bun- has a real lot of good small moments but it gets all muddied up by everything else and it kind of feels like some of the same stuff is happening here to a degree yeah i think macross zero's big problem was that um even with the scope is like small as it was like it still felt like they were jumping around too much and mm-hmm. couldn't really um settle on what they wanted the show to be yeah um macross frontiers problem i i feel like is isn't that like it doesn't know what it wants to be it very pointedly does i just don't think it has the um the nuance or the uh you you think it might be a problem if they don't have a uh, confidence in the characters as yeah, much to I, let I them like... be the characters and they so they just like sit on the archetypes rather than just letting the characters breathe yeah i feel like i feel like they have a very strong cast of characters but i feel like they were written archetype first almost yeah um because mm-hmm. it's it's like these are all characters who are all very abrasive to each other and like they all have like you know, deep-rooted feelings and perspectives on how they, you know, like, I, I'm i gonna compare it to Evangelion real quick, because, like, 
Evangelion also has characters that like very neatly fit into archetypes. Um, and like you look at something like someone like Asuka, who's like a very boastful, very um, like almost kind of a Genki girl. Um, and you know she's, but like. I think what Evangelion does is that, like, they understand enough about who Asuka is as a person, like, how, what her upbringing was and how that informs, like, how she relates to the people around her. And they focus on all that first, and it's like, yes, Asuka is kind of this loudmouth, like, overly competitive Genki girl type character, um, with, like, I guess a little bit of Sundere qualities if you read into her interactions with Shinji that way. But, um, you know, that's not what she is. That's just, like, you know, that's the shape. That's the flavor of her. Mm -hmm. But, like, the reason why she acts these ways and the reason why, like, her interactions with these other characters have that kind of appeal is because, like, Asuka is after a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. She wants validation. And she is eager to show what she's capable of. And every time someone either doesn't acknowledge that like you know all these little things kind of go into her backstory that inform how she acts uh to different people mm -hmm. um and i don't think that's in <laughs> macross frontier unfortunately mm -hmm. i think macross frontier is like you know i think macross frontier understands that obviously like i think you know michael acting flirtatious to deflect uh clan's uh interrogation of him is a good character moment but i also don't think like the show understands that like he would you know i i don't think the show understands that you don't start with that you know mm -hmm. like it, you have to build to that because like yeah that's because because people are people first and archetypes second i agree with you mm -hmm. so um boy so uh elsewhere Alto and Cheryl are talking over the phone about her coming to school, and she's like, I'm really just here to, like, support the galaxy propaganda because I want to find my ship. And she, and he's just like, that's, that's dumb. But she's like, hey, at least I use it as an excuse to go to school on the frontier, so I kind of like that. Um, and she's like, okay, so why, why are you in the military and school at the same time? And he's like, well, it's not the military, it's SMS. And she says, it's the same thing. So why did you join? Um, and later on, he's in the hangar by himself, and he's thinking about the comments about Michael said about playing war. And he remembers that, um, specifically that when he was doing his Onagata training, uh, his father beat him. So, yeah, yeah. not great. Um and Clan shows up, and she's like, hey, where's Michael? And he's like, oh, I think he's training. She asks him uh, very pointedly then, you know, do you like Michael? Um, and I think uh, when I when I heard her say this, I'm like, okay. So the show, it wasn't just me and you. The show mm -hmm. also got the flirty vibes between Alto and um, Michael as well. Yeah, there's, like, a little tension there, but I, I don't know if the show's, like, actively playing with it or if um it's just kind of dangling it there for, like, certain audience members. Yeah, because I, I don't remember them addressing it really again, but I was surprised that they 
they addressed it here because I didn't remember her say, saying that when I'd seen it before. But then again, this was like seven years ago I watched it, if not longer. Mm-hmm. So right, we'll see. Um, so elsewhere, uh, Ronka is working a stage on the street, passing out like tissues or cards, saying, "Hey, I'm debuting soon." And Elmo had Bobby show up to do her makeup because uh, other than being um, punchy man on the Macross, he's also a well-known makeup artist. And uh, Bobby's like, I'm really not impressed by this. Like, this is, this is, you know, why aren't you putting videos on YouTube or something? And almost like, but the hackers, though. Um, They'll and... post the IP address. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, just wait till, uh, they find out she has a boyfriend. Oh my God. Um, right. But anyway. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, VTubers, man. Um, Bobby, uh, then, then tells almost like, you know, she's the daughter of a really good friend of mine. So I'll kill you if anything happens to her. <laughs> Fuck oh, yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Go off. <laughs> I love Bobby. Like there, there's, there's moments where he does come off as like a gay stereotype, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. How can I put it? It doesn't feel like that's his whole character. He, he honestly, feels... like Bobby feels like he has more, like, or it's almost like Bobby has like is less archetype first than the main characters are yeah. at times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it, it feels like that's just a part of him instead of that being just the main focus they come back to all the time like your first impression of the character is definitely like oh he's the gay one but i i do like that like you know after that initial oh he's the gay one it's like okay also here's bobby um it's it's the same thing they do with Liron and uh gurren Lagan, mm. and i cannot say if that is a good or bad thing because i am not the you know demographic being represented by these characters but you know, as a casual viewer, I have grown fond of these characters in ways that are outside of that initial, like, haha, they're mm-hmm. the funny gay man. Yeah. Especially, like, too, when Bobby came in with the fucking Macross cannon. In, exactly. In, in, you know, like, a moment seven. like that. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bobby's fucking badass, man. Um, I love Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Love you, man. Um, so, uh, while we were gushing about Bobby, um, Ronka sees the pilot hanging on the street, but he disappears shortly after. Um, and we're on a mission now. The SMS has been sent on a hunt for the Vajra Nest, ordered to bring it back if possible. Um, and Clan is worried because, uh, as is Luca, uh, because uh, Michael and Alto are still being paired on this mission. And... Uh, the mysterious pilot is then sent out himself to destroy the nest to keep it away from the SMS. Um, the SMS finds the nest on an abandoned ship, um, and the little dude finds Ranka. Uh, so, um, Clan uh, fights Avadra, and the pilot shows up um, to attack her. Um, after while this is going on, uh, Michael's like, "How about there's nobody can see us right now? How about we just fight this out right now, Alto?" um yeah great time to have a fight in space alto uh then sees the pilot and goes after him and is like hey michael back me up and clan's able to score a hit on this pilot but he returns it and he's so fast um and as michael's getting prepared uh alto mentions something about um 
the whole thing with him and uh, Michael and his sister is that they're known for never missing their targets. They're both snipers. And uh, Alto tries to corral the pilot and bring him into Michael's range, to which Michael says he's pretty good at doing that. And uh, Alto is able managed to break one of the legs on the pilot's Valkyrie and tells Michael to take the shot and, like, surpass your sister. And um, we learned that uh, Alto uh, had heard the story from Clan earlier in the hangar. She was actually mm-hmm. a childhood friend of his, which I, I love that shot of her holding up as a little kid, holding up the swing with her uh, hands that um, oh, yeah, Michael's yeah. on. Like, all the stuff with Zentradi and really playing up the scale is really good mm-hmm. in this show. That's like. It was I, really nice considering how absent the Zentradi were from uh, Macross 7. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like we had mentioned before, like the most Centrati you see is like that one episode with all the Meltran girls and yeah. uh, Exit all just standing there. So Yeah, because really they're just micronized most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, nah, I mean, like, let give give them walking room, let them breathe. And I, I like that they have their own little district um, where Same. they can just be full sized. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because if I had to deal with clan being micronized the entire fucking time, I don't know if I could deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, boy, talk about a character who has... Oh, because when she's giant, she has the character mode. Like, she's she's allowed to breathe and have her character moments. Yeah. And most of the time so far when she's in kitty mode and micronized... She's just she's literally just emoto like yeah. you know like the, there's no in between um, uh-huh. and God I just I I can't believe I'm saying I would rather they have the child character act like an adult but I would yeah. rather they just have her act like an adult even when she's a kid but you know that's not the appeal of that character mm-hmm. and I hmm, yeah that. That, that kind of sums up uh, my, my current issue with Macross Frontier. It feels like they're really feeding into the appeal of each character uh, more so than, you know, the character of each character. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyways. Um, um, anyway, yes. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for being such oh, a no. downer this episode. No, I don't, I don't blame you because um, that really kind of flows, like, in tandem with my thoughts I had before about the... Mm-hmm. Uh, about like going back to old plot points without like for in the in the in the fence of this round of episodes the mm. daedalus esque because i didn't really think of that right away um but mm. the macross cannon right in the monster's mouth that was a great moment um but i yeah. didn't like there's little things here and there that are just like nice little nods and other things i'm like you're just reusing the same plot point it kind of goes like it's not allowing like the constructs of how this show was made you're talking about the archetype the archetypes and the fact that it was a 25th anniversary show and they got to play up the mm-hmm. legacy are kind of constricting it and not letting it breathe in certain places because um, there's there's really strong characters here but they the, but they gotta have them fall back on the archetypes but finishing up the summary um um uh we learn from clan's story that um his sister um was a sniper as well um she had accidentally killed her ex-lover in friendly fire who was also her superior that she just broke things off with 
So it wasn't a good look. Um, she got court-martialed, mm-hmm. and she ended up taking her own life as a result. Um, but Michael does take the shot, and he manages to throw off the mystery pilot. However, the pilot is able to destroy the nest as he runs away. Um, Clan, she's beat up, but she's okay. Her uh, Kirao took a couple good hits. So afterwards, um, Michael visits his sister's grave and thinks about what happened and he wants more context for what happened when she pulled the trigger. And she and he notices Clan uh, standing behind a tree watching in secret when uh, Alto and Luca come up to see him. Um, and Alto's like, hey, that was a nice shot, dude. Let's go to class. And it ends with Michael going, you know, I'll figure out what happened with the whole situation with my sister one day. This was a decent episode. It was nice to finally get some um, some stuff out in the air uh, with Michael as a character. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I think he's been a fun character up to now. Um, but it's nice that, like, they are committing a little bit to, you know, just give him a backstory. Give him a little bit more depth. Um, <laughs> you know, even if I think they mishandle that sometimes. Um, yeah. Just because I, I said I was going to mention it earlier um, and forgot. Uh, the other moment that really stuck out to me in a not-so-great way was um, when uh, Cheryl's manager says oh, you're her, and then Michael just continues with the flirting until, like, she says the word sister. Like, he couldn't make the connection of, like, why he was being recognized. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, that's a tiny thing. I'm not saying that, like, oh, God, the writing is so awful because that happened, but it it's this kind of, like, commitment to the bit in a way that gets in the way of storytelling. Absolutely. Um that uh yeah i just i really gotta this is my axe to grind i guess is like you know and it's it's not just macross frontier that does this i i feel like this is a problem with a lot of media um Mm -hmm. and whenever it comes up i will talk about it because who boy do i have a lot to lot to say about it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i i think despite that um there's a lot of good in this episode um, it's nice to kind of have a moment where like Alto and Michael are just sick of each other's shit mm-hmm. um, because they've been giving each other a, a lot of shit, like more so Michael to Alto, but like Alto's kind of being a brat uh, like throughout the show. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like giving them a, an episode to really just kind of be like, you fucking suck, dude, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, has been nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's. I, I, I like the, the overall texture of the, the story so far, even if, like, I have a lot of problems with how it's being told. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, because, like, like we said, like you're saying, it's just archetypes, man. Archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, selling, hey, we, we want, fa- it's just like, we want fans to make their fan comics and buy our figures. <laughs> right. And, yeah, I guess it's like, I do want, like, I, I appreciate that, like, archetypes exist because we want our audience, no matter how savvy they are, to, like, instantly be able to pick up and, like, see what this character is all about. But also, like, you know, you, you still gotta write a, write a story. <laughs> yeah, because in a way, they're, uh-huh. they're like, it's, it's kind of holding back the characters. Like, that's the crutch yeah. they have to return to instead of just trusting the writing or the character it's 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 messy 
Yeah. Like, um, you know, uh, when, when we started this, actually, I, I put a lot of work in to, like, defend Minmei, because I, I know she's not very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, you know, I think Minmei, a lot of the stuff that she does makes sense given the character she is, like, beyond the, Absolutely. oh, she's the she's the happy-go-lucky pop idol. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, she is that, but also, like, this is the worldview that she has that's been established, and this is how she informs, like, how she interacts with the other characters. Her getting that Medal of Honor from Hikaru, yeah, that kind of sucks, and yeah, it is kind of a shallow thing to, like, demand a gift from him uh, when he's been so busy with, like, you know, the the soldier enlisting Mm-hmm. the the enlistment thing that you put him up to like yeah but you know that's not her perspective on things and it's very important to keep a character's perspective in mind um and i think when you when you don't do that when you don't put the work in for that when you write like this is the character archetype first um the character archetype kind of overrides the perspective at times yeah i can see that um and yeah i i think that's i think that's a a big problem frontier has but like i do enjoy it despite that and i think like again like when when this when this show does something really well i will praise it like i Mm -hmm. i think yeah that that's all i have to say about that i think gotcha Um, i'm on i'm on the same boat with you when it comes to that um but speaking of boats we need to catch the plug boat so um as always you can find us on anchor.fm slash dude you remember that's the main home where they push us on out to Spotify, Google Play, Apple. It's basically, if you got a podcatcher, we're probably on there, so check us out. And uh, if any of those services have reviews, feel free to shoot, drop us a line, maybe throw some stars our way. You can also uh, drop us a line at our uh, email, dyrmcast at gmail.com, or just shout at us at Twitter, at remember. And as always, we got to thank Mr. Chris Eakins, artist of the wonderful Shoot 'Em Up uh, game, not to mention a bunch of other stuff he does. Uh, Wrist System for providing the show's key art. To see more of his work, check out at Wrist System underscore game on Twitter. And Wrist System is now out on everything. So if you want to play it, go play it. Um, and Dylan, Dylan, yes. tell me about your final tango into the backstage we uh we finally wrapped up on tango sector uh which is season two of the unexplored places it is an actual play podcast um and tango sector was a game using scum and villainy and the finale was um slay the beast i believe the game's called i'm probably wrong but uh if you watch the show you'll know listen to the show you'll know um yeah, and it's it's really kind of weird saying goodbye to these characters I've been playing. It, it the whole pro- journey has been a lot of fun. I actually uh, a coworker uh, at my job started listening to it because uh, he's into actual play podcasts. So um, I'm getting uh, <laughs> you know firsthand uh, reviews from him, and so far he's really enjoying it. So That's if sick. if that sounds like your thing, if you like actual play podcasts, if you like science fiction, uh, you can check out uh, you can check out. Uh, tango sector i almost said do you remember macross <laughs> uh you can check them out on give me a second unexploredcast.libsyn.com uh you can also find them on twitter at unexploredcast um i am also a co-host of the uh podcast backstage gaming 
um, a show where myself and a friend of the show, Chris, uh, we are both actors and we, we take our education and our training and kind of apply it to um, media analysis as it pertains to video games. So if you like the type of stuff I say here, talking about the writing of the characters, talking about the um, motivation of characters, talking about character archetypes, all that kind of stuff, uh, we, we go into that pretty frequently in Backstage Gaming. And we also talk about game design with this critical lens. Um, and if that sounds cool to you, you can check us out at bsgpod.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at BSG underscore cast. Uh, and we are available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, so that, those are my plugs. Sick. And um, a, a wonderful segment they occasionally do on their podcast is called Spot the Dud. And yep. Dylan, uh, on Twitter, there's a lot of duds. Uh, where do you? Where is your at that you spot the dud at? <laughs> um, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, <laughs> sorry, I just flashed back to the part where I was like, "Yo, if you want to hit me up, if you if you're anything <laughs> like Cheryl, no." <laughs> that was a dumb bit. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna slide into my DMs. <laughs> Uh, my handle is at the Dilla. That is T H A underscore D I L A. Gotcha. And if you want to see uh, my duds that are guaranteed to be worse than that, like jokes about pens, uh, at Writer Strike on Twitter is where you can find me. So that is it. Next next week we um, I didn't expect we us to get to the panty episode this fast. Um, right. Like I. <laughs> I like, forgot I about that, the I thought that was a little way out. in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, next week we'll see what's coming up next in this this frontier, this frontier of panties and archetypes. So we'll, we'll see you later. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.